Welcome to worship this morning here at Silverdale Lutheran. We are so glad you are here today. If you are visiting with us, everything you need to know is here in your worship folder. If you need childcare, it's just down the hall or up at can show you where that is. We begin this morning by being real about who we are and most especially about who God is. Please rise to the confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who spoke light into creation, who calls us to listen and follow, who sends us to shine like stars. Let us come before God, confessing our sin with the assurance of God's grace and mercy. Holy and merciful God, we confess...
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, in the transfiguration of your Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the witnesses of Moses and Elijah, and in the voice from the bright cloud declaring Jesus, your beloved Son, you foreshadowed our adoption as your children. Make us heirs with Christ of your glory and bring us to enjoy its fullness through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'd like to invite the children forward to the children's message. Come on, Jack. No, Zoe's coming. All right. Is this on? Check one. Yep. All right. Come on, guys. Because I'm coming close because I'll show you a picture in a minute. So, we got one more coming. Here comes Max. Oh, he made it. Woohoo. We get to worship any way we can. That's right. Okay. So, I want to tell you about where we're at. Like, you guys have a school calendar, right? You're in school, and we had Christmas, and now you're back in school, and all of that. And, you know, you, we're doing that. But in church, we also have a calendar. We have seasons. And we've been in the season of epiphany. Can you say epiphany? Perfect. That means, aha, like you see something you hadn't seen before. An epiphany. I had an epiphany. That's right. Exactly. So, at the, the that season started out with Jesus' baptism, and it ends with what we call transfiguration. Now, that's a very fancy word, isn't it? Transfiguration. Can you say that with me? Transfiguration, which you know because one of your favorite movies probably is Transformers, right? I, no, you're too young to see those movies, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so we've, got, we've got this, but Jesus... Jesus, you've seen the show, yeah. So, you, oh, well, then, so that's no problem. So, Jesus takes his inner circle of disciples up on a mountain, and look what happens. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Well, it's up there, and I'll show you guys the picture. And John are up there, and look what happens. Jesus turns bright white. And there's two other folks in that up there too. You can't really, who are, I wonder who are those folks. Well, that was Moses, Elijah. And Moses gave the law. Elijah was the preeminent prophet. So, so what's really cool about this is that it all the, everybody the transfiguration. I know my mic's cutting out, but I think it's just in that dead spot that we have. The battery's fine. Yep. So, it's cool. That's all right. I can whisper it in your ear, and I can, people hear me pretty good. Okay, real quick. So, Jesus is transfigured, and the voice comes from heaven and says, not only that Jesus is God's beloved son, and God is pleased with him, but he says, listen to him. Listen to him. So that's what we do when we come to church. We listen to Jesus. All right, let's listen to him some more. Thank you, God, for these children. Bless them, and may we be able to always listen to you. May these children know they are precious to you, and that you love them, and we love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 24. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, 
and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we arrive at the end of Epiphany, we have this story as our bridge to Lent. Just like Moses was up on the mountain and then went down and wandered with the people for 40 years, we are on this mountain and now we go into our 40 days starting on Wednesday. And we see Jesus transformed. The Greek word is that basic word metamorphosis. That's the root. He's kind of changed. He has a metamorphosis. He's transformed. And that seems um, kind of strange to us, but actually, like we talked about with the kids, we have all kinds of examples of people being transformed. Our movies are fascinated with them. Our literature is fasc fascinated with these examples. Superman. Spider-Man. Batman. And now we have Iron Man. And let's not forget Wonder Woman. Come on. And, well, that's right. Oh, and then there's that real interesting transformation that goes way back, the Hulk. <laughs> and we have our Transformers movie. Maybe these are so popular because it taps into our longing for transformation as we see Jesus transformed for metamorphosis. Well... Let's look at this concept and let's get some help because you know what's interesting? Even though we see Jesus transformed, there's a different reason it would seem for Jesus' transformation than all these popular characters that we see around us today in our movies and literature. In those examples, the human being is transformed in one way, shape, form, or another to do something spectacular and amazing. They have some amazing power to do amazing things. So they're an ordinary person, but then they become something else in order to do their great mission. But it's interesting, when we look at Jesus' transformation, it's just for a moment. He's going to go down that mountain and he's going to head to the cross. What is the purpose of Jesus' transformation, of his transfiguration? It's kind of like, as I was reading this text, you know, have you ever been invited to, like you're a VIP, you know, and you get to go into the green room, you know? I had, I had a seminary friend... Um, whose husband was a really popular um, kind of, he made it into the top 40, you know, uh, songs and everything. And, 
And I remember we went to a small concert of his and we got to go into the, you know, the, the travel, you know, deal and we got to sit with the band beforehand and it was so cool. It's like, wow. I worked on the Lodi Arts Commission and so a couple times I was in charge of taking care of the VIPs who would come and perform at their big performing arts center and I got to go in the green room and, you know, there's just something special about that. And, and that's the disciples are the very important people. They get to go up and they get to see something no one else gets to see. And Jesus tells them specifically, this is just for you. Don't tell anyone until after I've been raised from the dead. Well, we get to be part of that group now. We get to go up and we get to see this event that only the disciples saw. Why did God give this to these three? Why does God give it to you and I? Well, it's interesting, the new information that we received that we didn't get at the beginning of the Epiphany season in Jesus' baptism is at the end where the voice from heaven says, listen to him. My goodness, why would we need to be told who to listen to today, right? I mean, we don't have anybody competing for our attention, do we? I mean, we, we almost, we live in this world of silence where there's no voices and nobody's saying anything. You know, we don't have screens that we have 24-7 at our disposal, the average time of which teenagers spend seven hours a day on. Adults spend three hours before you get too crazy. We can listen to whoever we want, spin the truth however we want it spun. We don't need someone to come into the midst of all that and say, hello, listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. By the way, just as a little advertisement, during the 40 days of Lent, we're going to start out with Ash Wednesday, and we're going to go all the way through Holy Week and then to Easter looking at the questions Jesus asks us questions from Jesus. That's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to Jesus all Lent, and we're going to let his questions dictate what we're thinking about. So I hope you'll make that part of your life and your being. Pour yourself into this, um, this season of the church that goes way back to when people prepared to be baptized on Easter Eve. So that's that advertisement, but Jesus goes up on this mountain. He's transfigured. We are the VIPs, and there's a reason to listen to him. It's like this is a gift for us to make sense of what's going to happen. And, and so now let's just really dial in and look at this event. There's three people. Peter wants to stay up there, build a booth, you know, build booths. Let's stay up here forever. We love those mountaintop experiences. But, but, you know, so he's kind of foolish. He, he's like all of us. But all of a sudden now the cloud comes. And when you, you, being Old Testament experts, like you heard from the Exodus story today, you go, whoa, cloud equals God. In fact, in the Exodus story, it's such a bright cloud. It's like a consuming fire. And so, so Jesus is up there, he's transfiguring, and he's white, so white you can't even look at him barely. And then there's this cloud, and what do the disciples do? They go, oh yeah, this is so cool, woohoo, let's have a party. Is that what they do? No. They are scared to death, literally. Because they know, they get what's happening. God, in all of God's holiness, if you were to be in the presence of Almighty God, you would be burnt up, you would die. Why? Because God's so horrible? No, because we are sinful and we are not holy and to be unholy in God's holy presence would bring about a bad result. And the disciples know they're in trouble. I was trying to think about I mean, we just have a hard time with this concept because when I think about how God's characterized in our culture, it seems like it's two one of two extremes. It's either like a George Burns character 
Or I like Morgan Freeman much better, personally. I love that Bruce Almighty movie. Or we talk about God in some kind of Greek mythologic mythological terms or even like an immovable mover, some impersonal far off being that doesn't have much connection to us. So we struggle with this holy God and our unholiness. A lot of people don't think that's a problem. But if you, if you don't think that's a problem, then you're going to have trouble with the biblical narrative because that's basically the core of it. So we have trouble getting our heads around this, and I was trying to make an analogy. I think if I was, with, I, w- I was with those disciples, the best thing I can come up with, because I'm kind of afraid of heights anymore as I've gotten older, <laughs> is if you, you know, you put me up on one of those really high, high bridges and you put one of those bungees on my thing and said, you're jumping, <laughs> you're jumping. I think that's the way I would feel. Scared to death. And then they would say, yeah, we haven't tested this out yet. <laughs> I mean, because you could die. And yet you'd be so excited and scared. I'm sorry, some of you folks are having an anxiety attack right now. Don't. You're not there, okay? Just imagine that. God's glory is like that. It's terrifying and wonderful all at the same time. And we need to get this so that now we get the power of this story. The disciples are on their knees, scared to death. And what happens? The voice comes and says who Jesus is and tells them to listen. And what's the next thing Jesus does? He reaches down and takes hold of them and raises them up. Wouldn't it be cool if Jesus would reach down and touch us and raise us up? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Jesus just could be here and, and reach down? And... This is my body given for you. This is the blood of the new covenant. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus would show up and touch us and connect us to him and raise us up and then say to us what they, he said to the disciples? And remember, God has said, listen to him. So what's the first thing he says? <sighs> Rise up and do not fear. Rise up and do not fear. Man, are we not scared to death today? If we really were in tune with how turned inward we are in our ordinary lives, we ought to be a little shaken. Are we not scared to death for our world and all the troubles and all the violence and all the hurt? Are we not scared to death sometimes for our own country, our own land, our own cities, our own neighborhoods? Are we not scared to death about our health sometimes and and what's happening to us? Are we not scared of the changes we see all the time? And are we not ultimately, if we're halfway honest, scared to death about death? Jesus comes on this Transfiguration Sunday and he takes hold of us. And he says, rise up. Do not fear. Do not fear. How is it that they could not fear? Well, all of a sudden, you know what they saw? They saw Jesus only. Because when you see Jesus only, you see that you're forgiven. When you see Jesus only, you know that death has lost its thing. When you see Jesus only, you know God's got this world in his hands, and he is leading this world. And ultimately, even though we go out there and we do everything we can to live out his kingdom, we got to let go of the crazy fear we live with every day. Because I am, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say this, I am really, really tired of the anxiety and the freak out 
that so many people are going under because they're listening to this side or that side or this side that's ramping up the fear and people are freaking out and then we can't even have conversations with each other. Calm down. Work hard. Act your conscience. But at the end of the day, this world is God's and God has got it in his hands and we need to be reminded of that. Jesus, listen to him and let go of your fear. Be raised up and do not fear. And if your sin and if your brokenness and if your worry about death or your health has got its grip on you, you look to Jesus only. Because in him, you're his beloved. In him, there is no sin. In him, there is light. In him, there is life. In him, there is peace. In him, there is hope. Jesus only. Thanks be to God. Amen. beloved son who taught us to get up to not be afraid and who showed us the way of everlasting life lord in your mercy 
Teach us, Lord, to go out in boldness, to share with others through our words and actions, through our understanding and acceptance, the infinity of your love. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you for creation, for life-giving rain, for darkness and quiet. Pour out on creation what it needs to be fruitful and to thrive. Lord, in your mercy. Teach us to care for those who suffer in body and mind and spirit. Be with those suffering from coronavirus and those caring for them. Walk with policymakers and political leaders and give them your wisdom, your counsel, and your peace. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you for new pastors, new ministers, and new Christians. Give them your spirit and help them to preach the good news of the gospel to a world that desperately needs to hear it. Lord, in your mercy. We bring before you, Lord, this morning the women of Silverdale Lutheran who are on retreat. Also for Priscilla and her ankle, for it to heal, and for Jessica and her pregnancy. Lord, in your mercy. We bring before you also those recovering from illness and surgery, Sue and Don and Dory and Sean and Delaney and Kevin. Lord, in your mercy. And for those facing cancer, for Cindy and Jim, Alan and John, Kathy and Elizabeth, Angela, Dave, Jim, Ron, Kathy and Carol. Lord, in your mercy. Be with those who are deployed and who are support for our military and their families, for Jillian and Bradley and Aaron and Rebecca and Eric and Megan and Jared and Andrew and David and for all of their families. Lord, in your mercy. Be with all of those on our continued prayer list who suffer in body and mind in spirit. Bring them healing and comfort, O Lord, in your mercy. Trusting and delighting in you, we commend all our lives into your loving hands. We offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please offer this peace to one another.
All you have made is good, and your love endures. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, sharing our life, lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to your own brilliant light. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Sing praises. Alleluia. Praise your name, O oh God. Amen. We On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And we pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, remember us and come to us and reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God. You may be seated. We're going to consume the body of Christ. We're going to sing the Lamb of God a little bit differently. The first verse and second verse will be sung consecutively, then the refrain. Let's follow the choir.
May this, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Everlasting God, we bless you that you have brought us to the mountaintop and fed us with the life and light of your Son. Send us in his name from this place to bring light into dark corners, healing where our lives are torn, nourishment to every heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, Amen. A couple things before I send you out. First, special thanks to our brass and our strings and our choir who are doing both services today. Thank you. And also, after the service today, we have our prayer team who will be up here if you would like a prayer for any needs, a private prayer, um, healing, for hope, any intercession you need, for travel, anything, come forward after the service today and one of our prayer team can pray with you. Be sent forth this day, God the Father, light creator, God the Son, light from light, and God the Holy Spirit, light revealer, bless you and give you peace. Amen. Hallelujah, song of God. 
Thank you. 